Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. It blows my mind when we do these types of things. There's no way in the world that the world is attracted to that because why would they want to step into that? Because what they're bringing in with them is what? A bunch of sin. And Jesus offers forgiveness. He offers freedom. As far as the east is from the west, this removing your sins and, and not him never going back to it. You want to be great in the kingdom of God, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. How can you be considered great within the kingdom of God? As you listen to today's message from Pastor James, he explains to you that the only way to be great is to be like Jesus. Jesus made it clear within his teaching that if you desire to be first, you must first be last. If you want to lead, then you must first be a servant. If you want to live, you must first die to yourself. Pastor James reiterate that this is the way in which you must conduct yourself, modeling after the person and character of Jesus. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Mark chapter 9, we're going to close out this chapter. So verse 38 is where it picks up. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. It says, John said to Jesus, this is John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, one of the three who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He says to Jesus, teacher or rabbi, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but fear not, Jesus, we told him to stop. You're like, okay, because why? Because, it, because he wasn't in our group. That's why I'm using New Living Translation today. Uh, New King James may say he, um, it, it doesn't elaborate on that, it, you know, to a great extent, I don't believe. ESV may a little bit more, but really what, what he's saying there is like, he wasn't one of us. So, but don't worry, Jesus, we handled it. We handled it. Well, I, I, this is why we do context. Remember, at the beginning of the chapter, nine disciples are trying to cast out a demon, and they failed miserably. And as they're walking along the journey to Capernaum, and probably to this house, they, some, somewhere along the way, they see this guy who was casting out demons successfully in Jesus's name, and the disciples got mad about that, and they said, you need to knock it off. Why? Because you're not part of our group. Well, you're not the only group. I mean, I hope we understand that. Jesus did select these 12, but this is all after he had sent out 70. And we'll see that again chronologically. I mean, others had been set out to go and work these miracles and to set captives free. More than likely, this, this um, exorcist, right? Uh, this unknown guy um, could have been like a former disciple of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist pointed him to Jesus, and he probably surrendered his life to Jesus, and maybe was one of the ones when they were sent out among the villages to go and, you know, exercise this type of power. And with the 12 continuing on with Jesus, he probably just stayed back wherever he was from, and he just served the Lord probably in his hometown. But he wasn't part of the 12. Okay, doesn't matter. But no, they're, 
That's the 12. Yeah, the Lord used those guys, 11 of them. One of them went south, right? Like we know that story. But yeah, look, they're impressive in that they got selected and picked and all that. That's amazing. And they get, there's future stuff for them. You read the book of Revelation. But I'm going to tell you this. There were other people being used by God in that region at the same time. You just don't know their names. You don't know their names. And that's where most of us fall into line. Most of us will never be known by anybody. But we still serve the Lord. You still matter. You still matter. So this brings up this sectarianism thing, right, which is a problem within churches today. It is. And, and what I mean by that is um, church fighting and, and, and trying to, I don't know, a lot of self-promotion in the sense of like, we're better than them, and which is most of the time, it's just nonsense, honestly. Um, it's, a lot of it's just nonsense, okay? It, it really is. Um, there, and we talk about this all the time. There are theological type things and, and core doctrine things that, that we hold fast to. We keep the main thing the main thing, right? And, and those are what we call closed-fisted issues. Like, we don't budge on these things. Is Jesus God? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did he literally die on a cross and literally raise from the grave three days later? Yes, absolutely. We don't budge from that. Born of a virgin? Yes, absolutely. Because if that's a, this issue, then your theology is bad. He had to be born of a virgin. And, and there's, there's a few other things that are out there that are like absolute core things that a lot of churches agree upon. But because they don't do church like we do church, somehow that makes them... The enemy? No. The enemy is the enemy. Okay? Satan is the enemy. Let's, don't, don't, don't forget that. He is the enemy. And he, he's done really well within churches to get us to, you know, kind of spend so much of our time focused on other churches where we're just not, we're not fulfilling the mission at all. We want to like, oh, we got to expose this person. We got to expose this church over here. And oh, they wave flags during their worship service. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? They're more Pentecostal. Okay, so what? They're more Baptist. And what is that? I don't even know what that means, but who cares? Do they believe in Jesus, that he's the son of God, that he came, he lived, and he died on the cross for all of our sins? Yeah, okay, well, that's good. We're, we're family. They may have a different style of worship. They may have a different style of, uh, you know, how they present the word of God. They do topical studies. Oh, no, they do topical studies. Who cares? Is it the Bible? Now, you have to use discernment because I do understand that there are Sundays where pulpits are filled with guys who are more of um, personalities and more of a... Uh, celebrity types and all that good stuff, and they may open this thing, maybe, and they might read a verse, maybe, and then most of the rest of it is just stories. Um, I'm not saying those are bad guys, but I also am going to say, you're not going to grow that much in your relationship with Jesus based off of that diet, okay? I prefer, we are... Our approach through the word is we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It's just what we do. That's just what we do. That's what I feel God has called me to do. That's how he's called me to shepherd, okay? 
Now, I have friends in this town. They do more topical studies. But guess what? That's how they feel God has called them to shepherd. And they're not bad people. They're actually good brothers and sisters in the Lord. They look different. And I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad for that. Because if you run in church circles, and um, occasionally I get to overlap with pastors and all that stuff. And, and sometimes you get these guys that come in where it's like, we should all just be one church. And I'm like, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea, okay? Um, for, there shouldn't be just one church. I mean, there's capital C universal church, one church in Christ, the bride of Christ. I get that. I'm talking about geographically and location-wise, lowercase c, churches. There should be multiple churches in towns. There should be, okay? I'm not saying they're all good. I'm not saying that at all. But people are drawn to different church types and settings, and you go to where you feel like, number. well, if you feel like you're getting fed there, that should be number one priority. Feel like you can worship there. Um, yeah, you feel like this is like, I'm being built up. I'm being edified because that's what it should be in a church. You're being built up and encouraged and edified, right? But you're also using your gift. Like all these things make for how we should approach going to church. There are places on this island, they do church different than the way we do church. And that's okay. And a lot of those guys are my friends. And there's guys who are, they're more rigid than we are. I mean, they're, they're way more, you know, I mean, we get that. Like some people are like how we do stuff and very, you know, we're, we're island. Uh, we're very loose in one sense, uh, not theologically, but uh, as far as like form and service and all that good stuff. Um, you know, some people who, can, who probably, they, they wouldn't last at a, one of our services, okay? They just wouldn't. Um, but we're also too rigid for some. That, I mean, that's the truth. Some may show up and they think, this church is kind of boring, right? Well, because we don't have the theatrics and all that good stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff, though. What I care about is Jesus here, is the Spirit moving, sweet, cool. Because he's going to do that in however he wants to do that in Calvary Galveston. And that looks different in other places. But there's this weird thing where it's like, because somebody's different or a church dynamic is different, that makes them an opponent. But... They're not an opponent. We're on the same team. And that's what Jesus is saying here to his guys. His guys are like, hey, that guy's not on our team. So we shut him down. And Jesus is going to correct them and be like, why'd you shut him down? Because he's not with us. He's not Calvary Galveston. Who cares? Is he doing the Lord's work in the Lord's name? Then let him go. Let him serve the Lord. You don't know that guy's business. But it's funny how that, I mean, that has these roots early on within, you know, Christianity, so to speak, hadn't even been established yet. And it was already something that was pretty, that was already happening within the disciples. Number one, they're fighting with each other of who's better than who. And then they're fighting with outsiders because they, you're not with us, so you must be against us. And Jesus says, no, 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 I don't think so. Just because he's not walking around with you doesn't mean that he's against you. Good lesson for us to learn. Now, I will caution you, though. Not everybody or every organization that calls themselves a church is technically a church. You have to do your homework. You need to do your research. You should, you should look up, like, their statement of belief. And, and what do they believe in? Because there are some who, it seems like they are, they're a church and all this good stuff, but then you look at their theology, 
And, and it's just, and it's, it's not about God at all. It's not about him at all. And it's not about Jesus at all. So you have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So you ought to know, and if this is your church home, well, there's still no excuse for you. You should read our statement of faith, which is on our website, calvarygalveston.com, okay? You should know what we're about, because that's what we're about. And, and I'll tell you this, those things that I was naming, those closed-fisted issues, that's, I mean, that's who we are. That's who we are. And we won't budge from those things. But you ought to know that for yourself. You shouldn't just show up here and be like, well, I kind of like the feel of this thing. Oh, cool. That's great. But you need to know what we're about. It's important. In any other church you ever visit or you go to, you do your homework. You do your research. What are these people about? What are they about? What do they promote? You know, what are their closed-fisted issues and their open-handed issues? Style of worship, open-handed issue. Open-handed issue, okay? We're going to get to heaven. There's going to be worship happening in heaven, and I think it's going to be like nothing we've ever experienced or even come close to on this, on this planet, all right? We don't even know what language they speak in heaven, we're all Americans, so we think it's English, right? Because we're kind of arrogant that way, right? We're like, well, of course it's English. Um, that may not be true. So, I don't know. Here's, here's Jesus, his beautiful little response to John. John, the disciple whom he loved. That was also what John called himself in his Gospels, by the way. So, uh, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus um, addresses him. He says, don't stop him, verse 39. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. So it's almost like John kind of interrupts this lesson that Jesus is teaching He's like, oh, oh, Jesus, hold on. I need to let you know we did something good for you. And, John, and Jesus is like, oh, you, but sorry, buddy, but you did not do something good for me at all, actually. And he, he throws out this just really fascinating thing where he's, he says, he can't perform this miracle in my name as unto my honor kind of a thing, right? We know that in, in the book of Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 19. I could be wrong about that. But there were some uh, exorcists that were trying to cast out demons, Right? And they approached this guy who was demon-possessed, and, and their way of trying to cast out this demon or gain authority over this demon was by saying, uh, we command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul teaches or preaches about. Like, they have no connection to Jesus at all. And then that demon beats them up, steals their clothes, and they run out of the house naked, okay? Like, there's no connection to Jesus at all. Did they say his name? They didn't really say his name. They weren't coming under the authority or the power of Jesus. So just because somebody says the name of Jesus doesn't necessarily mean they're connected to Jesus, okay? There's a lot of people who perform miracles, quote unquote. Um, I got to do that because on radio, they don't know I'm doing air quotes. Um, so just a little insider baseball there for you. Um, but they perform these things as like under the guise of like, this is for Jesus, but it's really not for him, it's for them, right? It's for the promotion of who they are and to sell out stadiums and things like that. But there are people that are out there who are performing miracles or they're doing these great acts of service in the name of Jesus. 
and you shouldn't stop them. You shouldn't stop them. But they're, they're not doing it the way that we do it. It's not your business. It's not your business. There's one spiritual gifting that um, actually does not exist, and it's that of policing within the church. It's not in the list of any spiritual gifts. God doesn't have detectives. He doesn't have police officers in the church. You ought to be on the lookout for false teachers. and all. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about those ones who like to go around and issue citations to other believers because you're not doing it like we do it. That's not your role. That's not your role. And that's not from the Lord, and that's not from the Holy Spirit. It's not. That's from you. That's a pride thing. And you should probably repent of that, if I'm being honest. And a lot of that's happening in the church. There's a lot of sin sniffing within the church, right? People think that they need to go and sin. The Holy Spirit does that really well. Um, I don't know if you know this. Uh, if you haven't felt that, you might want to check your relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit. But uh, he doesn't, I mean, I know the story of David where he was, you know, Bathsheba and, and the prophet Nathan was sent to them to expose and confront David. That's fine. That happens. That has to happen sometimes. But what we know about that story is David was in misery because he was ignoring the Lord speaking to his heart about the sin that he had committed. Okay, so the prophet wasn't exactly necessary, but because of David's stubbornness, the Lord sent somebody to talk to him. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is people going and digging in people's garbage, so to speak, to try to find stuff on others. That happens in the church. Did you know that? That happens in the church all the time, and that's disgusting. That's a sad thing. We have enough issues. It's hard enough already for Christians, okay? It's hard enough. We, we should encourage each other. We should build each other up. And if, if there's correcting that needs to happen, then we should correct each other. Absolutely. But don't go digging through my garbage trying to find something on me, okay? Because that's, what are we doing? If that's the case, what are we doing? You think the world's attracted to that? It blows my mind when we do these types of things. There's no way in the world that the world is attracted to that because why would they want to step into that? Because what they're bringing in with them is what? A bunch of sin. And Jesus offers forgiveness. He offers freedom. As far as the east is from the west, this removing your sins and, and not him never going back to it. You want to be great in the kingdom of God, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. He knows how to, he forgives us. Man, I, I'm so glad that that's how the Lord is with me. I've given him a lot to forgive. <laughs> um, but he never revisits it. And once it's forgiven, it's done. It's done. And Jesus says, look, he, he, can't, he won't be able to speak evil. If he's legitimately doing this in my name, he's not going to turn around and start speaking evil of me. You guys need to chill out. He's okay. Let him do his thing. He's serving me. He's serving me. What, what's fascinating about this as well is there was another guy, we talked about this a few chapters ago, the, the demon-possessed guy that got set free and then wasn't allowed to go with them on the mission, right? He begged Jesus, please let me go with you guys. And Jesus says, no, you go to the Decapolis and you go tell people of how great God is and what he is, the mercy that he has shown you. And that guy went and served Jesus 
in this Gentile region of Israel, the Decapolis there. And then we, we, if you follow that story, the feeding of the 4,000 happens in that region because this guy was telling people about Jesus. And then you get a huge crowd of people, 4,000 men, not counting women and children. A, a, a guy gets healed there. All that happened, we think, because this guy was faithfully serving Jesus apart from the twelve. And they're going by, and this guy, I think it really just has to do with the fact that they failed at casting out a demon, and this guy was successful at it, and that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. I Honestly, I think it was a pride issue. And they're like, he can't, you're not supposed to do that. And Jesus says, leave him alone. If he's working for us, if, he's, you know, if, he's, if it's in the name of Jesus, and it's, and it's for Jesus's glory and for Jesus's honor, then just let him, let him do it. If he's not against us, then he's for us. And there's no neutrality in the body of Christ either. There's no neutrality in Christianity at all, actually. If you're either for Jesus or you're against Jesus, that's just how it is. There's no neutral. There's no gray area. And we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm for Jesus. Well, then you're against him. Why well, wouldn't say that? Well, no, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. So be for Jesus. And then he, he clarifies that even a little bit more concerning this uh, service, acts of service in verse 41. Uh, if anyone gives you a, even a cup of water, even the smallest menial, uh, you know, just task possible with a glass of water, it won't be forgotten. So I love this because Jesus is bringing it right back around to what he was talking about before John kind of interrupted him a little bit. He says, look, if anybody even gives you a cup of water, it will not be forgotten. So as an encouragement for all of us, any act of service that you do unto the Lord is not forgotten. It is seen by God, and it will never be forgotten. In fact, he even says, um, that person will surely be rewarded. So serve the Lord. And even if you feel like, well, my service to the Lord is kind of behind the scenes and nobody ever really notices, no, look, he does. He sees you. Jesus sees that. And you don't do it for the rewards, but if you're just simply serving Jesus, there will be rewards awaiting you. And I don't even know what that means. I have no clue. Like, it's amazing. But Jesus is like, look, let that guy be. He's, he's on our team. He's just not within your little clique. That's fine. Let him be. He's serving me. And by the way, he's casting out a demon. That's a, you know, it's a miracle. It's a huge thing and all that good stuff. He's like, even just giving out a cup of water, that matters in the kingdom of God. Matters. That's cool. I think that's encouraging. Now we got to get back to the issue at hand. And this is where we step into personal holiness. Yay, right? You're like, oh, what time is it? I got to leave. Spring forward. Um, let's get out of here. Uh, no. Jesus shifts a little bit, all still within the same context. He says, but if you... Okay, talking about the sectarianism and not, we're not, we're not doing that. Don't, he's on our team, you know, all that good stuff. But if you, talking to his disciples, cause one of these little ones, remember the little guy that Jesus has with him in the presence of them, who trusts in me to fall into sin or to be led away or to stumble, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. You're like... Wow, that's quite the turn, Jesus.
We're so glad that you joined us for a look at the Gospel of Mark here on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James will continue to take you verse by verse through this New Testament book about Jesus. There's so much to learn. We pray that you've heard something today that's drawn you deeper into your relationship with the Lord. Do you have questions about what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus? Well, we would love to hear from you and talk more. So go to breadforthebroken.com and click on contact to leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Or if you're in the Galveston area, we would love to get to know you in person too. Join us on Sundays or Thursdays as we study God's Word together at Calvary Galveston. You'll find service times, more information, and directions at our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We're so grateful for our listening audience. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you consider teaming up with us in a financial way? A lot is done to get these teachings out on the radio. And we're so grateful for those who feel led by God to contribute in that way. Simply go to the About tab on our website and you'll find the Donate link. We'd also like to ask you to be praying for us and for your fellow listeners. We can all use God's guidance and continued grace as we navigate this world with Him. Thanks for praying. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can also find it on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for tuning in today to Bread for the Broken.